Spirit of the Lord instructed him to go out to this battle. Go out and face your enemy. But you have a promise from God that you will not have to fight. For I have already given you the victory. Good morning, and thank you for being with me today. The title of today's message is, The Battle is Not Yours, But God's. Aren't you glad when you can face a battle that you don't have to fight, but you can turn everything over to the Lord and say, God, this is yours. I don't have to fight in this battle. And this particular message comes from 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, and starting in the first verse. And it reads like this. It says, It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Now Jehoshaphat, he was the king of Israel at the time. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Caesarea and from, and they are in Hazaron Tamar, which is in En Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all, Jud all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And we're going to stop right there just a moment. So first of all, we learned that Jehoshaphat, he had received a report that this great army was coming against him. And that they were, they were coming to fight and to destroy the Israelites. And it says that Jehoshaphat feared. Now, that's a, a natural response when, when bad things happen, whether you get a, a negative report concerning your health or your finances or, or a family member. It, it doesn't matter. That's just a natural response. It says that he feared. I mean, he feared for his life because of this report. But Jehoshaphat did some things that I think is key in these scriptures. The first thing that Jehoshaphat did is that he sought the Lord. I know oftentimes when we get a bad report, that might not be what we do. We, you know, we might just break down and start crying, or we might call a friend, or we might call someone that's a professional in this field. And, but it says that Jehoshaphat feared and he set himself number one to seek the Lord and the second thing he did was that he proclaimed a fast I know we don't hear a lot about fasting but I do believe that God honors a fast when we do and and I think according to the seriousness of what you're going through there will be times when you will consider a fast to the Lord and then the third thing that he did is that he brought the, the congregation together and he went to the house of the Lord. So we see three things that Jehoshaphat did. He sought the Lord, he proclaimed a fast, and he went to the house of the Lord. 
So verse 5 says, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? And so what I find in these few verses is that Jehoshaphat is reminding God of who he is. Verse 7 says, Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever, and they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name? And so in the second uh, uh portion of that chapter he is reminding God of what he did so he reminds God of who he is he is the God the the ruler of the universe and then he reminds God of what he did and then we go on down it says and they dwelt in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name saying if disaster comes upon us sword judgment pestilence or famine We will stand before this temple, and in your presence, your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. So he's reminding God of what he said. He reminded God of of who he was, what he did, and he reminded God of what he said. He reminded God of his promises. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but you if you search the scriptures and you look at the promises of God, we can remind God, hey, God, you promised me this. Your word says that by your stripes I am healed. Amen. Your word promises us that we could be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, that we could prosper. Your, your promises are there, and we remind God of what those promises are. Verse 10 says, And now hear the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy him. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So in these last couple of verses, we find out that he made his petition known. First, first he worshipped God, reminding God of who he he is. And then we learn that, that he reminded God of what he'd done. Now, God already knows all this. But I know if you're like me, if you're, if you're praying, you're, you're not just reminding God, but you're reminding yourself of who God is. And you're reminding yourself of what God has already done for you. Amen. And you're reminding God, hey, God, you put this promise in your word, and that promise is mine. And then he makes his petition known unto the Lord and said, God, we don't even know what to do, but we need you, Father. We need your help in this situation. Verse 13 says, Now all Judea with their little ones, their wives and their children, stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, 
in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and you will see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. So we find them gathered together in the house of the Lord. And then as, as Jehoshaphat was finishing praying, the Spirit of God came upon Jehaziel, and Jehaziel began to prophesy and gave Jehoshaphat the answer that he needed. The, the, the Spirit of the Lord instructed him to go out to this battle. Go out and face your enemy. But you have a promise from God that you will not have to fight, for I have already given you the victory. So he, so he comes to the house of the Lord, and he inquires of God, and he receives the answer that he needed. We need our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's very difficult sometimes to stand on your own. And that's why scripture tells us not to fail to assemble ourselves together in the house of the Lord. And I can tell you from experience, there has been times that I've prayed and I've sought the Lord for something, but I can tell you that it was my brothers and sisters in Christ that stormed heaven for me. And, and I, and I know that it was because of their prayers that the Lord helped me. We have some awesome prayer warriors in the house of God, and we need our brothers and sisters in Christ to intercede for us. So it was in the house of God that Jehoshaphat received the answer to his prayer. Verse 18 says, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. In other words, they made some noise. Now, I love to go to church, and I believe that we should reverence God. We should reverence the, the people of God, and we should reverence the presence of God. But I can tell you, when you're facing a difficulty, and you receive an answer from God, there's something down on the inside of you that just wants to lift up your voice and say, God, I thank you. God, I praise you. God, I give you honor and glory for your goodness and mercy. I thank you, Father God, for answering my prayer. Hallelujah. And it said that they lifted up their voices on high and began to worship and praise God for his goodness. Amen. And I honestly believe that when they received that word from Jehazel, it was at that moment that they received their victory. They received the victory in the spirit realm, but they were still waiting for it in the natural realm. Hallelujah. But with that word, 
they begin to worship and glorify God. Sometimes we have to worship him before we see the results. Amen. We should always worship and praise God as though it's already a completed work in our life. Amen. Hallelujah. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And I want to stop there for just a moment. Because it says that he, he consulted with the people and, and he found out, well, who can sing? Who can carry a tune? And not only who had a talent, but, but who could praise the beauty of holiness? Who, who are those that are in right standing with God? So he went out and he sought these people out and he made himself a worship team. But I have to ask you the question, how would you like to be on this worship team? We often think of it as a place of position and a place of visibility you know people can see you they can hear you um, you're you're in front of the usually in front of the church or some type of congregation but this particular worship team I don't know if you would want to be on it or not because it says that this worship team went out before the army so you're going out against this humongous army that's ready to defeat the whole house of Israel and and behind you are the soldiers Behind you are those with the spears and the arrows and the shields or whatever they had during that day. But you're out there with nothing but your praise and worship. And you're going before the army. Amen. And you're praising God and you're worshiping. Hallelujah. That's why it says, send Judah first. Send the praises of God first. Hallelujah. But they went out before the army saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they begin to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and they were and there were the, their dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. So what we learn from this scripture that their praise and worship totally confused and disarmed their enemy. That's one of the reasons that I believe our praise and worship is so important today. Even when you don't feel like it. Just simply based upon the word of God, because God said it, we should worship and praise God and totally disarm the enemy. Hallelujah. Verse 25 says, When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, 
They found among them the abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry when they had stripped them off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were there three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. And on the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Barak, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore the name of that place was called the valley of Barak until this day. Then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem, with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. God had given them the victory over their enemies. So once again, they're praising and worshiping God. They praised him before they got the victory. When they received the word, they praised God. And now that they've seen the fulfillment of the promise of God, once again, they find themselves in the house of God, worshiping and praising God. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and they and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for God had given him rest all around. I don't know what you're going through today, but I want you to to remind you that according to the word of God, this battle that you're going through is not yours, but it's God's. Amen and God bless you.